everybody welcome to the game changers experience with myself adam strong i'm super pumped super excited like literally energy is bouncing off the walls um literally i mean this is like our third show this week and you know i love doing these live shows with people and um you know just uh it just you know, you know i just kind of like just hanging out with cool people having fun and today's guest is no, one undoubtedly a great way to finish the week off depending on when you're listening to this of course uh for you guys that are listening in uh live do me a favor plc post like or comment section below that'd be super awesome uh share the love and if anything resonates with you guys with regards to today's conversation do me a favor please tag someone because we're trying to get this show out to as many entrepreneurs and leaders out in the world my big mission is uh, is to help a hundred thousand entrepreneurs and leaders go from, you know, go into growth mode, man, like just to take off. Right. But today's conversation is with my good friend, Joshua Lee. Now, AKA the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. Now, do you know what? I'm, it's going to be interesting because I first met Joshua over on um, Clubhouse. And so, you know, it's kind of like interesting how you meet really interesting people on Clubhouse. I was on Clubhouse for like the last couple of years. I haven't been on there recently. I'll, I'll be open and honest with you. But seriously, um, I hanged out in some of his rooms and uh, in, in with his wife as well, Rachel. Uh, like they're, they're, they're cool. Like seriously, down to earth, authentic, integrity led, the real deal. The types of people that I like to hang out with. Yeah. So who is Joshua, right? So for you guys that don't know who he is, He's built 16 companies over the last 20 plus years. He's the author of the book, Balance is Bullshit, right? And uh, one of these things that he loves specializing in, okay, is that he loves to humanize, okay, marketing and branding to create relationships that you can turn them into opportunities. I love that about that. You know, there's something about that that just kind of really resonates with me. And, um, you know, some of the things that we'll be talking about today, ladies and gents, we're going to be talking about some of the common mistakes that you guys are making when it comes to building a brand, right? So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. We're going to be talking about the psychological barriers with regards to, you know, creating authentic integrity-led brands. So we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about how you can overcome some of the psychological, maybe sort of around the stigmas around you know, getting online, being seen, that kind of stuff. So I think there's definitely a, a, an interesting conversation around that. We're also going to be so, uh, we're also going to be t uh, sharing about five ways that you can fine tune your brand because some of you guys have been building brand for for years, right? And you might not be getting the results that you need or or are kind of like expecting. So I'm hoping that some of our conversations that Joshua is going to kind of like drive in he's gonna really like take it to the next level you know so um for you guys that are listening in do me a favor and i and i say this all the time right um you probably, you probably i feel like i'm harping on a little bit but really important right use the hashtag like use the hashtag replay uh that'd be like super awesome and like i said give us a like share a comment comment section below if you're unfor if you if you're not fortunate by the way to listen to this live video Please do me a favor, go over to Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, go and download the Game Changers experience. I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed, yeah, especially if we have cool people like Joshua here on the show anyway. So listen, enough chit chat from me. 
I want to bring the main man up himself so he can say hi and uh, come and say hi. So, Joshua, welcome to the show. What's up, Adam? Man, the energy that you bring. I am excited. I can only imagine how much fun we're about to have. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. How are you, man? I can't complain. Life is good. Friday's here. You know, we're we're live with you. I mean, it's well, outside of the fact that, you know, we're I'm in Texas. Okay. So, you know, especially in Austin. And so this last week we've our temperature got below 30 with a little a little water, you know. So you Holy know, ice mageddon over here. The entire city shut down. <laughs> so kids are at oh, home all week. You know, it's 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 crazy, but you know, we survive. Well, you know, well, it's not Illinois or anything. Do you know what I mean? Or Seattle? You guys aren't used to that kind of temperature, right? We we aren't. You know, but it's 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 funny on how the whole city shuts down. You're like, wait a minute, why aren't these kids at school? Like, I'm looking outside. Like, the roads look fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we did have a lot of trees break, you know, and they weren't used to it. So, we, we, we make it through. <laughs> I kind of, it kind of reminds me of England. Everything just kind of shuts down. Below, if it gets below zero, it's like, oh no, blame everything yeah. else. Anyway, I wanted to ask you, how was your trip to Thailand? Because I know that you had a, a great trip to yeah. Thailand. And yeah, Thailand yeah. Was let me know, how was it? Thailand was amazing, man. I mean, again, it was great to be able to go out there. The, the travels a bit. I'm not sure if you've been out there or not, but at least from the States, you know, we're um, a little longer home than there. I mean, it's it's like 24 plus hours to be able to get out to Thailand. You know, I had to go from Ooh. Austin to Dallas, Dallas to Qatar, Qatar out to Bangkok. And I mean, like the, the flight home, 36 hours. So, you know. Ooh. Ouch. I mean, it's yeah. basically like the other side of the world to you guys, isn't it, really? It, it was. And my, my, my kids didn't get it. I tell my daughter who we went there during New Year's Eve and she's like, I'm like, OK, so it's the new year. She goes and, you know, still a, we're a day ahead. She's like, so you're in the future. I'm like, kind of <laughs> just can you tell me if school's going to open up. And I'm like, not that kind of future. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. Love that. Well, listen, brother, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. And um you know, so just want to say thanks very much for spending a bit of time with me and jamming. And, you know, I know that we can have some cool conversations and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, I mean, let's jump in because, you know, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I mean, we've been following each other for, for, for quite a while on that kind of stuff. I mean, this is the first time we've kind of really had this uh, opportunity, if you like, to really kind of like get to know each other. And I like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like for me. Now you you're very much about relationships as I am, you know, like, you know, developing intimate relationships. I'm, I'm kind of into that type of thing like you are. So I'm with you on that, brother. Definitely. So um, I wanted to um, start off really kind of like, I mean, you've been working with a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders, you know, for the best part of like 15, 20 years. Have you, from your perspective, and I know that a lot of people uh of time um, before they before you work with them obviously you know you're assess where they're at and where they what they need to achieve what have you found as some of the mistakes that they have like maybe self-sabotaging habits or self-sabotaging mis mistakes that you have found common patterns with regards to what they should build a how they should build a brand and maybe their ideology or the disconnect between the two what's your thoughts on that yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it kind of goes through Adam and I mean, it's a great, and I, I see my amazing wife, Rachel saying hi. So I know you mentioned her earlier. She's, 
always here to be able to support and kind of jump in. But, you know, it's you know, being able to build a brand, the disconnects kind of going through. I'll tell you, Adam, it's the biggest thing as I think people, how they market and how they go through, right? It, over the years, we've had all these marketers, all these experts go through and they teach all these funnels and these patterns. And, you know, you've got to be able to message. You've got to be able to, you know, email your people five times a day. And, you know, the people that love you will stay on your list. People that hate you will get off. And I'm like, that's not building a relationship. That's just spamming people and, you know, hoping to get the one sale. And I think this is the difference, right? Like it's, we have to be able to kind of go back in. Is this what our parents taught us how to be able to actually build a relationship to con build a connection with someone? Because relationship mm -hmm. is the next evolution of brand, right? Like your relationship to your audience, to your clients, to the world is how your brand is represented. And if you're not going to build a relationship where people can know, like, and trust you, right? If you're not going through to build advocates first and allow the byproduct to become clients, you're missing the game, right? Like, because I've done this, I, I went through and I built an entire career on monetization and it was very shallow, hollow, and, and we made some money, but overall it was exhausting. So I think that's the shift, right? That as we need to be able to think about, as we look at branding, you're showing up. I mean, as my wife, Rachel brings up, I mean, like all the time, she's like, I mean, look, I'm going to give you a little bit on branding. She's the branding lady boss. I'm the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. Right. So, you know, together we're the B leaves, but I mean, seriously, like it's being able to go in, like we're building our brand from when we are early stage. I mean, I, my kids were born. I got them Facebook profiles. I wanted to make sure I secured their name. They don't have access to it, but so we're starting off this, even without people even knowing it, you're building your brand. So how are you showing up? Are you just the guy that talks at people all the time? Or are you actually the person that actually listens, hears, and cares, and actually is trying to provide value to this world? Yep, love that, love that, some good stuff. I have to ask you, by the way, I have to ask you, how the hell did you get a name such as the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn? Where did that come from? Did you make that shit up? Or did you like, or was like, did someone like label you? I got labeled, man. It's that's really how it kind of played out. So it's I was on a friend of mine's um, two guys that I know really well. They have a podcast called the Hustle and Flow Flowchart um, Podcast. And um, you know, honestly, we went on there. I talked about what I do, how I connect with people on LinkedIn, and honestly, the human algorithm that I look at more so than any other algorithm versus LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those other things. The human algorithm and, and sharing that. And then how we actually do, honestly, the things that my mom taught me, how to be able to treat other human beings. We just do it online. The podcast comes out like the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn and it just, it just stuck. So that's where I am. I, I didn't self-title. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I mean, it kind of suits you, you know, it, it, you know, I like that. That's cool. Well, it's um, funny too, you know, Adam, you know, it's, you know how many times people, I mean, I will get randomly like, like, do you really deal dopamine? Like, what's that cost? How much can you get? Quantity wise? I'm like, some of some people out there, I'm just like, come on, you know, it's God, Jesus what, what Christ, world man. are we living in? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I think they're just trying to just trying to pull your leg or something. I don't know. What I, I hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, um, it's interesting because um and 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 I was actually looking at, um, I was going to say, I think it was a conversation that um, either you were part of or I was part of, in fact, both or whatever it is. But I yeah. know that there is a lot of kind of, um, what do you call it? Um, I suppose this kind of stigma 
the psychological barrier between okay well okay, let's look link let's take linkedin for an example right so linkedin yeah. business seen as a business professional platform that kind of stuff and i feel like there's this kind of psychological barrier from how people actually show up online to how they actually authentically be online does that make sense and, oh, and it's like do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like I don't know where this psychological barrier comes from. I don't know. I mean, there. I mean, there are psychological barriers. Like, I mean, if I spoke to one person to another, you know what I mean? It would be it would be different from each for, for for each person, right? But what do you think, from your perspective, are the psychological barriers, and how do you? If someone, if you saw a barrier, what advice would you give to that person? Here's the thing, Adam, and look, we've all dealt with it. I mean, we're conditioned for it in this social media driven world. And I, I've seen it from, from early on. I mean, I was kind of blessed and cursed to have one of my first original clients way back when be MySpace, right? So I've been playing this game for a while and, and, and we see this all the time. It's our perception of other people's perception of who we are. And I mean, that's the thing. And I'll say that again, our perception of someone else's perception we have no clue what someone else's perception is unless they share it. So for, and that's what drives most people crazy. And that's what most people, how they show up online, they go, well, I want to make sure I'm perceived a certain way. And if I do it this way, this is how they're going to perceive me. And we don't know that we don't understand a share. And that's exhausting. Trying to be two different people is like living two different lives or having two different personalities. You have that. Guess what? You're locked up in a sane asylum. I mean, they don't they don't take too kindly of you know schizophrenia <laughs> all that kind of aspects. So like, you know, you have to be that one person. We have one life, and you have to be able to live that on and offline, being a hundred percent you, a hundred percent of the time, and being able to do these things. And like the biggest thing that I want everyone to understand, Adam, is that the human algorithm, how we actually work, how we make decisions, how we go through these things, is this right. We make decisions as human beings based on some degree of love or hate. We do not make decisions being indifferent to something. If you are indifferent, you're not only wasting someone else's time, you're wasting your own. And that's one resource we don't get back. So if you're worried that someone's going to hate you, you're thinking of the wrong thing because that's how they make decisions. And if you have haters, you're going to have people that love you, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, you have to be polarizing in this world. You have to be you and it's okay, right? They don't, hate you personally. It's not a personal thing, especially when you're on social media. They might not agree with your ideas if they use the word hate too. I mean, like, come on, I talk to my kids all the time. Like, do you really hate that? Like, let's, let's reevaluate the words. It doesn't align with your values or what, but we want to be that we want to be able to push the people away that we don't align with, that we don't have commonalities with and draw in our ideal audience. And that's that whole piece of being online. And people are scared to be able to do that. They, they show up. I mean, all right. We've been in the dating world, right? I mean, like two guys, we've done this a while. We've seen our friends or we've done it before too, right? We're like, you're like, you see your buddy, you're like, dude, he's acting so weird with that girl because like he's trying to be something that he thinks that she, he thinks that she wants him to be. And then he's stuck at a friend of mine. He was like, I was like, dude, like you're not this person for the last five years. Like, what are you doing? He's like, well, this is, what, this is how she knows me. I'm like, There's no way to live. And so like, why should we expect to do that online, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Actually, that's a really good um, example, a, a metaphor more than anything else, because I think we've all been in that situation. So what you're saying basically in a nutshell is it comes down to 
the creation of the judgments that or the perceived evaluation from what we think of what others are thinking, but really there's no truth in it. That's what you're saying, right? No, there's no truth in it. I mean, again, until they tell us, and then once they tell us, awesome. Now you actually know. Now you can be able to actually respond back in a meaningful way to be able to build that relationship, commend them, or, you know, if they're the people that are the trollers and something like that, and say, thank you, have an amazing day. You get, you know, have the day, like I, I was on a podcast the other day, and, and it was funny. It's like, yeah, he's like, I've got this one friend that says, you know what, you know, thank you for your comment. Have the day that you're intended to have, right? Or that you deserve to have, right? And they're being, hey, like, okay, well, like, I'm not seeing mean, but like, you're given the day. Like, if you're going to be a hater, then you're going to deserve that kind of opportunities coming back to you, so. Absolutely. By the way, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, to uh, my good Danita. friend, Danita. There we go with Danita. So we both know Danita. She's an uh, awesome chick and she knows her shit. So, uh, hey, Danita, how are you doing? Hope you're well. So good to hear you. Another amazing LinkedIn truly. powerhouse. Yes. Truly, truly. And we've done um, some, we've done loads of stuff on Clubhouse as well. And, and it's it's so, so good to hear some amazing people here as well. Um, interestingly enough, I, so, okay. So going back to the question around the whole kind of judgment thing. Now, are there also, um, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of a thought process more than anything else around the whole kind of not just around judgments, but also around this whole kind of like ideology of who they should be at versus who they are type of thing. There's this kind of like conflict, as you mentioned, a yeah. conflict between the identity that they wish to perceive online to who they are kind of in real time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent makes sense. And I mean, this is that whole piece. And we, we, we see this whole world and we, we look at, you know, Oh, this person has so many followers or they get so many likes. And so they're, they're, they're what, you know, and our, our kids are seeing this every day and we're seeing this all the time. And so they're the authority. And I've seen a lot of people out there that have a whole bunch of followers and guess what, Adam, you and I both know they bought those followers, you know, so they can have that perceived view of authority. And there, there's no value that's being given in there. So, I mean, like, this is where we have to really step up and understand and use our best judgment. Use this thing that we were given, the gut feeling, right? Is mm -hmm. this person aligning with what we do? What we Are they adding value? Are they just trying to be able to say these things and just use common sense? I mean, sometimes that's just where it kind of falls into. Like, is are they adding value? Are they trying to help me? Are they trying to, you know, trick me? Whatever it might be. But, I mean... It's, and this is that big thing, right? The, the, the issue that I continue to be able to see, especially with, you know, all the other platforms, LinkedIn, especially is, you know, everyone's trying to be able to hide behind a, a company, but people don't buy from companies anymore. Like after post COVID stuff like that, they want to connect and buy with another human being. Every company is run by another human being. Most marketers forget that. And they forget they actually talking to someone. Once you realize that, understand that you understand how human beings interact and connect. You can shift your entire perspective and, you know, instead of, you know, pit, you know, spam a whole bunch of people hoping to get the one sale, you can actually connect with someone, have a conversation, build a relationship and open up an opportunity. Mm. I think that's where a lot of people, um, that, that's one of their downfalls is that they skip, they, they try to, um, they try to accelerate the conversation too fast when it's not it's not ready to, it's not matured enough in order to take it to the next step. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, and, and that's why we, we started doing the things that, that we do at standard authority, right? It was going through, like, 
I hate cold call and I hate cold email. So why would I want to do that to somebody else? Even though that marketers will tell you this is the best way to be able to do it. And it's the numbers game and being able to go through. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I want to look for trigger points. Cool thing on LinkedIn, there's a couple different trigger points that we look for to be able to start a conversation, right? Someone looked at my profile. Someone engaged in my content, right? So I can reach out. And, and in this world that we forget to appreciate the little things in life, we can start with that. Hey, Adam, I saw you checked out my profile. I just want to reach out and say thank you. You know, too often we don't appreciate that. I'd love to be able to connect with you and find out what pushed you to check me out. Again, I'm trying to stir a conversation. Or, hey, Dania, thank you so much for engaging on our our, our, our live today. You know, I just want to say thank you, you know. You know, I'd love to connect with you a little bit more and talk about what you enjoyed about the thing. Again, it's being able to start with that thank you. The other trigger is, let's say, Adam, you posted a great post and I want to be able to get your attention. The average person on LinkedIn gets less than 1% engagement on this platform. So if I want to get your attention, Danita's attention, I'm going to go in and find your content. I'm going to like it. I'm going to comment on it. Then I'm going to reach out and say, hey, Adam, saw your recent post or saw your recent live with Joshua. Man, really appreciated X, Y, and Z. So those are ways to be able to start the conversation. Now, when they connect, big thing too, right? Everyone, we see it all the time. What do they do? They pitch you. Now, and that. And being able to connect with someone with a level of appreciation is better than, hey, Adam, I see you're wearing a shirt. Me too. You want to connect? <laughs> Not those, you know, that, that kind of come through. And, you know, it's it's being able to shift that. And then they connect. Like everyone pitches as soon as they connect or you never hear from them again. You know, how do you actually get them to go in? I mean, we kind of go through from appreciation to Give them a compliment, right? Like to give someone a compliment on LinkedIn. I look at it as an endorsement, right? Like it's kind of like, hey, Adam, you know, love the hair, right? Like, you know, or whatever it might be, you know, trying to be able to kind of go through. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if they respond back and say, hey, Josh, thank you so much for endorsing me for marketing, right? I can I can say no problem. Happy to be able to do it, right? Like I'm never taking an action without them taking an action first. And so that's, mm. that's where it shifts conversation, where you're responding to your audience and to your opportunity and having a real conversation versus trying to drive it. And I mean, we all get those. I mean, especially on LinkedIn now, I know that Danita knows it too, because we get those people that not only they connect with you, they pitch you. Now they text me, they email me because they scrape my email as well too. And I'm like, if I didn't respond to the LinkedIn, thank you for emailing and texting me as well, too, because again, that's I want to be spammed everywhere. And <laughs> my my daughter now, Rachel says, Skylar says hello. My daughter's watching this as well, Adam. Oh, that's fantastic. We've got more fans here. By the way, my daughter's name Sky. So same, similar Sky, Skylar. There we go. See? Oh, yeah. Well, um, that's that's my daughter's nickname. We call her Sky. So yeah. There you go, you see. Oh, by the way, it's interesting you were talking about appreciation and compliment because I actually wrote that down before you'd even said it. So we were kind of like so connected in that. That's, that's interesting. I love that. It's very cool. You know, but, you know, is it, what's really interesting about what you said as well, I also feel like it completely depends on people's agenda because, you know, if you're working for a company um, or even if you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business or whatever it is, you know, you're probably – maybe pressured into thinking you've got KPIs to meet and that kind of stuff. And if you don't like ramp it up as soon as you can, then it's kind of like, you know, where is the business going to come from type of thing? And I feel like people are the under us underestimation of patience is so underestimated in the bit, in the, in the way of business. I think, I feel like I need to educate, we need to educate people about the importance of patience. What do you think? You're right. I mean, that's that whole piece. It's, um, 
patience is a virtue, right? You know, it's, it's being able to go through. I, 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 look, I don't, there's certain ways I don't have patience. Being online is one of them, you know, in, in a car in traffic, my wife will tell you, like, I have the least patience out of, out of everyone being able to go through, but you know, it's, I'm like, ah, why am I in traffic? And then a friend of mine goes, dude, you're not in traffic. You are traffic. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> mind blown. Cause I'm actually in it being able to go through, you know, but shit. you know, being able to actually have these conversations and that's the whole piece. This is what I, I tell people. And, and it's a good question to ask yourself. Do you believe it? What's more powerful an advocate or one client? Mm. In my viewpoint, I'd rather have one client over five. I, I'm sorry. I'd rather have one advocate over five clients because one advocate can bring me a hundred clients. So when we're working with and being able to teach people, how do you want to build your personal brand? You want a hundred advocates over a hundred thousand, you know, people that just follow you and like you to going through, like who cares about the likes and the, and the going through, like, I want people that are actually going to back my play. are going to reach out, want to build that relationship, want to be able to create that opportunity because advocates bring clients. Advocates are more powerful. So when we're working with clients, like we help them build advocates first and allow the byproduct to become clients. Because if, if someone's educated, inspired enough to be able to reach out to work with you and they choose to work with you, dude, that's so much more powerful than selling someone into working with you. Because if you sell them, guess what? You've got to continue to sell them over and over and over again through the entire relationship. And that's not only exhausting for you, it's exhausting for them too. Yeah, talk about advocates, which is I, I find quite fascinating, um, you know, because I'm a big fan of talking about tribes, which is very similar, yeah. you know, tribes, raving fans, advocates, champions, ambassadors, similar things type of thing. Um, yeah. From your perspective, so what you're saying is during your kind of like framework when you're working with clients is that you get them to create advocates, but if you're starting from scratch and you've not really got a clue about how to create an advocate, right? Where, where does one start? Look, I mean, again, we talked about, you know, the reason I got the name dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, right? We've got to be a dealer <laughs> of dopamine. And so the reason why every single person in this world, no matter who you are, where you live in the world, the main reason above all else, the most visceral that we all post online, we've been conditioned over the last 20 years to be if those little dopamine hits we all get, when someone likes or comments on our posts, right? We post at them and then we, we hold back. We're like, is, are we going to get the approval? Am I at least going to get one like, right? And then it's branding, then it's clients, then it's everything else, right? So if we pay attention to this, how do I want to start bringing those advocates in? You have to give to receive, right? So LinkedIn's amazing at being able to do this. I can use sales navigator to be able to go in, identify my ideal audience that I know I'm going to create content for, and that's going to educate and inspire them, not sell them, right? And then I'm going to go in and I'm going to then look at one of their filters, which is who's posted online in the last 30 days. Mm. Now I can go in and be that dopamine dealer. I can see your post. I can like and comment on it. They can reach out and say, Adam, I saw your recent post, man. just want to say thank you. And I don't care if it's just, if that person posted, they have a team that does it for them. Everyone loves to feel appreciated for the work that they do and the time and energy we take to be able to create that content, even if it's chat GPT these days. <laughs> you took five seconds now to create a post that just, just a whole bunch of junk content. But hey, you know, we, you still took the time, energy, and effort to do it. So, you know, that's that whole piece, man, and being able to go through them. It's just the things my mom taught me how to be able to treat another human being. And so you start drawing them in, and when they get drawn into your space, 
and they start seeing you're adding value, educating, I want someone educated enough to be able to choose me, right? Like we talked about. And so that's that whole piece, right? That's what I want people to think about. So um, for you guys that are listening in live, by the way, I hope you're enjoying our conversations. Uh, for you guys that are on the podcast, please do me a favor. Do check out um, Joshua's uh, uh, LinkedIn profile, of course. I mean, he's only got 72,000 followers. So, you know, join the, join the crowd. Um, <laughs> but also uh, check out the website and stuff like that. But also, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to him or his team or Rachel. And I'm sure that will there will be uh, res- they will be very responsive. Just mention the podcast, of course, and whatever it is. And for you guys that are listening in live, please feel free to put all your questions below. I know that Denita has decided that she wants to put a question. So let's I read see it. it. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. I read it. Okay, it's more of a script rather than kind of a question. But for you guys that are listening in on the podcast, I'll read out the question. So I see. I don't Denise think you put it on the screen because you won't see us anymore. Yeah, exactly. There's no point. I mean, it's just like a, it's a 10 page script. Anyway, for you guys that are listening in, I'm going to read out the question just so that it kind of gives some thought. So Denise says, uh, what are your thoughts on having a good balance where selling the right way by letting people know what you do and giving them the opportunity to find out more is good while at the same time nurturing those while are not ready to buy. Love your thoughts. So that's a good one. Love that. What do you think, yeah, uh, no. Joshua? Denise, an amazing question. You did it very well. Um, the way that we kind of look at it is, you know, especially in the creating the content aspect, right? It's, I go by the 10, 20, 70 rule of content creation. Um, and I'm not sure if you've heard me talk about this before, but you know, 10, 20, 70 is 10% of your content needs to be personal, right? Human beings connect with other human beings, right? And so that's that piece that people need not forget. It's not Facebook, right? I don't need to know when your kids are going to school, but I should know that you have them like, oh, you're, you're a dad, me too, right? Being able to connect. And that's that whole piece. Like if we're, we're going in, I used to use the whole sell me the pen thing where, you know, like if someone knocked on my door, you know, and said, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm here to sell you this. Most people close the door, but if you and I are sitting on a couch, Adam, hanging out and then you're like, Hey, Josh, I got this new pen. I'll probably take it from you because there's a commonality that built that bond and then allows us to be able to connect. Right. So that's what I want people to understand that 10% personal. Don't forget that when you're, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. To Danita's question, 20% of your content needs to be around your company, but not what you can do for someone, but how you've helped others in their past, right? Because people want to see them. So I hate those people like, I can help you make seven figures or I'll help you make, I'll help you lose weight or I'm going to get you a million leads on LinkedIn, right? Dude, show me how you've done it to someone else. Prove it, right? Going through. And we don't want to be that person that's always in the room, right? We don't want to be like, oh, dude. You know, we, we all know him, right? We've been to the events like, oh, there's Josh. That dude never shuts up about LinkedIn. And that's everyone on LinkedIn half the time. I swear. They're like, there's always talking about themselves. We don't want to be that person. So we really want to share, Danita, and, you know, 20% of the time about how we've helped other people because we don't want to always be talking about that. Then 70% of the content, add value, educate, inspire people, share insights and educate them because look, they don't have the special sauce without you they can't achieve the same results. You can share. I, I'll give away my exact formula. I'm giving away here with you, Adam, right? I'll give everything away for free because, again, if they want to get there faster, they're going to want to hire me. They're going to want to go through. So those are those things to be able to go through. Now, to be able to nurture the, the, the relationship, if they're not ready to be able to buy, that is a way of nurturing. But at the same point, we always go through in the conversations, DMs, right? Being able to go through. We go through 
being able to always ask someone a question first before providing value. I never talk about my services until I understand where they're at. And then I provide them value to be able to, to that I feel will help them. Might that be a masterclass? Might that be, you know, a webinar with Rachel and I? Might that be involved into our our family community, right? You know, I mean, we've got the hats and everything for it. So <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Fantastic. You know, this is that whole piece. And it's I think this is where people are, it's not, I'm not telling everyone not to sell, right? Mm-hmm. It's selling in a different fashion that we need to be to evolve into a way that actually is building the connection. I don't want to sell someone if they're not ready to buy. I can I convince people? 100 percent But do it the right way. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's kind of going back to that kind of um, analogy of people hate to be sold to, but everyone wants to buy. Right. Right. Yeah. So love that. Yeah. So but and if they're educated enough to be able to make that decision, they're not going to have that feeling after they get it. I mean, I, I get I get things on Amazon all the time. I'm like, dude, why do I buy this? Right. <laughs> we don't want that. And I definitely don't want a client to have that. I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, look, if you ever get that feeling in your stomach, like, oh, to talk to josh again i get on the phone like let me know like we we've hit a point there's something going on i don't want clients like that right i want someone to be able to go in and be excited to be i want them to get filled up that we're getting on a call and so if they're educated enough and understand the problems and the decisions that are going through and the process mm-hmm. you're taking them to they're never going to have that feeling they're never going to have that feeling that they've been sold they're going to know that they made the decision based on the knowledge that they had but essentially, it also, it's also, um, I, I suppose I could play a bit a bit like devil's advocate, really. Uh, and and, and it's, it's a bit like kind of like everyone has a choice. You know, everyone has a choice whether they choose to buy into you. But I don't like clients that have this feeling of remorse that yeah. they feel like they, do you know what I mean? Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you've got that feeling of remorse, it's like, shit, what, what, have, what have I done? Like, but it should be in kind of a way where they feel excited rather than kind of the feeling of Ugh, ugh yucky type of thing. Yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, this is why we see in the industry in the coaching industry too, like so many people are like, Oh, well, you're always going to have a, a certain amount of charge bags. Right. Why? why? Maybe the problem is you're doing it the wrong way. Right. If that you're supposed to expect, Oh, there's always going to be a level of chargebacks and we've got to make sure we have the, the right merchant processor to be able to understand the chargebacks that come in because that's just our industry. I, I BS, right. Yeah. I choose you to shift that. Right. I think that you're just, you're going on a numbers game, being able to go in. This is that whole piece. If I want to make a million dollars, do I want to sell a product for a dollar to a million people or where would I rather have 10 people buy at a hundred thousand dollars? Right. I guarantee those 10 people, even though I spent more money, are going to be better clients and we're going to have a better partnership and relationship than the clients that spent a dollar because they're going to expect a hell of a lot more for a hell of a lot less. And and it's eventually going to wear everyone down. It's kind of, uh, um, you know, that analogy of like quality versus quantity type thing. But also, I mean, we could have we could probably spend all day talking about how how um, should we say um maybe thought leaders or experts that are out there in the coaching and consulting industry that sell without integrity, but we're not even going to go down there. Cause it's just, it's just a mess. Seriously. It's a, it's a fucking mess. Anyway. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, and this is something that, cause I know that um, as we're talking about branding and stuff like that, and one thing that's come apparent uh, become my, uh, you know, my observation, general observation that, when someone comes into contact with me, Josh, right, 
and you know we'll build in rapport or whatever it is one thing and it may be it is probably quite common for you as well when you come across people is this kind of like when you got off a conversation with that individual you know just check uh, just you know just casual conversations yeah. is that there's this kind of what i call identity crisis do you know what i mean like so they give you the spill about right. you know why they do what they do what their story is all of that all of, all the ju juicy stuff and you think oh this sounds cool and then you look online you think what what this is the reason why they're not getting the conversions this is the reasons why that they're, they're they're in they've got this identity crisis going on well, they because don't know just who they are, who they help, and what the benefit Exactly. Is. But yeah. do you find this quite a common thing? And if so, oh, all the time. For those for those people that do have those identity crisis issues, because I I know there's a lot out there. What advice do you have for those people? All right, here's the whole piece, right? And you know, this is what I love. I mean, everyone has their own ideals, right? Like this is something that I I appreciate on LinkedIn and being able to go through is you know. And this helps again your personal brand, but also actually representing it to the right people and being able to understand your quote unquote elevate elevator pitch, right? Like we've all heard that kind of go through. And this is what I tell people to use on their headline as well is I help X to achieve Y so they can have Z, right? If you can be able to say this, it makes so much sense. I help X, your ideal client, right? Again, polarizing. Either that's me, you know, when you're saying this and identifying this, this lets the people know that are looking at you or you're telling, hey, that's either me or that's not me, right? We want to be polarizing. We, don't, we want to draw on the right people, push away the wrong. I help X to do Y, right? This is the service that we provide. Biggest problem with most people is they sell on the service. No one cares how the hamburger is made. They just care how it tastes, right? When they're getting it, when they put the order in. I mean, it's, it's one of those pieces that you go through and the other thing is the reason why everyone makes decisions, right? We, I've talked about this already. We are human beings. We make decisions emotionally. I help X to achieve Y so they can have, they can achieve Z, the most important piece. What's the emotional tie to the service you write? What's the emotional outcome that gives them into their life? When you can do that, you will resonate with your audience. They will know if it's them, what you do to get there and what their outcome is, what they really want, right? What's the... What's the, that's the feeling. How is it going to really affect their lives? Because you're not hiring a LinkedIn expert to be able to come in and be able to do that. You're hiring for what the outcome of that is. Right. And that's what we really need to understand. And when you can actually provide the, I help X to achieve Y so they can have Z game changer. We can step in and go through, because you can say that in a short sentence, it can be shorter than a tweet. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, it's interesting because I think what you, something that resonated with me there. And the whole kind of, it's not just even about brand identity um, challenges, but also it's that lack of clarity in terms of like what you, what you stand for, right? Which is what you highlighted, right? Yeah. Well, okay. and everything too is everyone's scared to be able to miss out on an opportunity. So they, they cast the widest net possible and then no one knows what the hell they do. I mean, I've, I've been there when you're everything to everyone, you're nothing to no one, right? Like you just... You, you know, and this is that whole piece. I mean, I know the quote goes on, but I mean, that's the biggest part of what everyone understands about that quote. And so you need to be like, like you think that I, if, if what you think that I do is I'm just the LinkedIn guy, that's great. I put myself in a box specifically for everyone to understand, but what we do are marketing strategists and we implement on LinkedIn, right? We put ourselves in a box so people can go, oh, that's that. And then I can expand from there of what we do and how we can help someone. 
but everyone needs to be able to understand someone has to put you in the box. If they don't understand who you are, what you do, who you serve. They don't know how to be able to take the next step. They don't know how to continue the conversation. They don't know what to do next. And so too many people are scared to be able to do that. It's one of those pieces that you've got to go, okay, cool. I'm only going to be doing this. I'm going to be the best in the world at it. I think it's uh, also, you know, in, in, in their mind, in their mind a little bit, it's like if we take a birthday cake, right? And imagine that birthday cake represents your industry or your specialism, right? And so everyone, like, I feel like half the time they just want to have the whole birthday cake. But really, you know, say that birthday cake was worth, I don't know, call it five billion bucks or whatever it is, five billion dollars, right? All you really need is a very tiny slice of the pie right to to be successful would you not agree oh man you know adam you and i are are speaking the same language i i tell people this all the time right you can there's so many people that wish they were where you are today right mm. just the people who are listening here what you are a, a small percentage of this world that are listening in and you have the opportunity if you could have shown someone how to be a be on this conversation with adam i what would someone pay to be able to do that? Even if you're the manager at like at a McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. People will pay to be able to understand and want to be in that position. Now, others will go, who wants to be a manager? A lot of people. If you get a half of a half a percent of the population, right? Just half of one, half of half of 1%, right? To give you $1. And again, we're not, we don't want to sell on dollar products, but I'm just trying to give, you know, that understanding <laughs> to give you $1, you're going to be a millionaire, Right. <laughs> So that's what I want you to understand is like, you have to think from your perspective is like, everyone's an expert in something, mm-hmm. right? There's other people in this world that would love and be, would kill to be where you're at. What is that? And how can you be able to serve in that space that actually provides that to others? And then so much opportunity is open to you. And then you can look at other things and go, whoa, you know, it love starts it. with that one thing. Definitely. What's your um? What's your take on the whole kind of, you know? I I remember, um, you hear a lot of people saying about the importance of niching down or niching, if you want to call it whatever it is. What's your take on niching or niching or whatever it is? Niche, yeah. Niche. You know, <laughs> is, is 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 it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it like going deep, going going wide? I think it's I guess smart. It's going, yeah. It's a, it's, I think it's, it's smart. Fun. Yeah, okay. I think you have to be able to do it. I mean, like you can't serve everyone, you know, both um, Danita and I, you know, are on here. You know, we both, you know, are considered quote unquote LinkedIn experts. I hate using the word expert, but I mean, that's where people kind of, I'm never an expert, right? I'm always learning, you know, call me a student, right? You know, of being yeah. able to go through something. And, you know, we have our different audiences. There's more than enough room in this world for everyone to be able to serve once you actually identify who you really do that for because I'm not the best for everyone. What I do and what I say will not, won't resonate, and that's okay. And that needs to be okay for everyone else too. There might be someone better that they align with, they have commonalities with. And so when you would niche down, you can actually really have conversations with people that you align with, that fill you full of energy, that spark your fire. And they do, you do the same for them. That's what we want. That's what we want. Like you said, the tribe. So yes, hundred percent, reach down, go through, tell them you only want, and like, don't go after a niche that you don't have any alignment with, right? Like, like, oh, I bet those entrepreneurs, those eight figure entrepreneurs have a ton of money. I help eight figure entrepreneurs be able to crush it, you know, with whatever, you know, painting. And it's like, 
Have you ever worked with eight? Have you ever been an eight figure artist? No. Um, have you ever worked with one? No. Do you paint? No. But I, I, I did took a course on it, so I think I can be able to help someone out. Like, no. What do you think? Stop. I hate these people. I'm sorry. Again, I'm not trying to use the word hate, but like, it's just one of those things. Like, come on. Like, what's within you? Like, I'm a father. I've went through a divorce. I've been remarried. Okay, I've I've got two kids. I've I've been in the digital marketing world. I've I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. These are different ways that I can niche down. Don't niche outside of who you are. That some good stuff. <clears throat> this is an this is a, an interesting thought process because one of the things that came to my mind, especially when it comes to showing up online, is this kind of like maybe you, you maybe you agree with me on this one, but it's kind of like emotional detachment. So you know. Every every human, uh, last time I looked, I was human. You're human. That's good. Um, we all have emotions, right? But I feel like I feel like a lot of people that are out there trying to build their brand, right? They try to take the emotional aspect of themselves, which is the human part, right? Okay, mm -hmm. and then they become kind of not what they should be, type of thing. I know this is kind of what we've already kind of spoken about, but from your perspective. Are there any, again, any tips for people that try to take emotion out of business? Do you think that emotion and business join together? Or do you think there's a it place for it? Okay. It All right. Be. I mean, I'm, I, it's just one of those pieces. There's, if you try and be unemotional, you're doing that based on some emotion, you know, and there's, it's just how we're designed. It's the, it's the human algorithm. And there's a, there's emotion, even if you don't see it in something based on some reality or some connection to your past that you've went through, that you've gone through, that you're doing this. And so trying to be able to take it out, everyone's going to have an emotion to whatever you say. And so you need to find that alignment. You need to find where you do. And, and if you're going to try and get on and sell something or, or talk about something or talk about yourself and you have emotion, no emotional tie to it, who's going to believe you? Like they're, you're going to feel that you're going to see that within someone. I mean, like I want them to be able to feel they want to work with me. I don't want them to be able to hear, Oh yeah, I should work with, dude, I tried that before. I had a, I had a business coach and a buddy of mine now, you know, I went to, and I was like, I was like, Hey, um, you know, this is when I was going through business because a while back, I was like, just find the next big expert. I'm like, I, how are you the next thing? I, I want to hire you. And he's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. You, you're supposed to be the best, the new guy, you know, going on the thing. Like I went and he, and, you know, I was like, and he's like, well, I don't think it's okay. And I'm like, what the hell, like I was going to pay his price. I was going to go through there and I didn't have the right reason of what I was doing. And it didn't connect with me at that point in time until I sat back and I realized why I wanted to work with them and what happened in that whole piece. And so this is where I want everyone to think about, right? Like, don't just do something because you can afford to do it like that. That doesn't push you, doesn't drive you, doesn't excite you to be able to kind of take the next step to wake up the next day. So that's the same thing with our brands, right? Like I want people to, I want your brand to be a destination website. I want you to be so emotionally connected and so, so dropping so many knowledge bombs that someone goes to your, your hell, LinkedIn page every single day going, dude, what's Adam going to share today? Like, oh my God, I can't wait till, you know, I see Adam on the next live, right? These are those things. If it doesn't make you smile, why would you expect your audience to do the same? True, true. Now, um, 
I'm conscious of time, but I do have a final question. Yeah. Now, I know that there are a lot of experts and thought leaders out there. In fact, there are probably loads of us listening to this actual podcast or this live video. And you know, they've been over, you know, because it takes years to build a good brand. I mean, we know that because yeah. we're, we're, we're there. Unless you know, know how to dance like a crazy dance and you become viral on TikTok overnight. I mean, <laughs> Gangnam style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that came apparent to me, and this is really interesting. If I look at some of the thought leaders, you know, and most of the clients that I work with are, hugely credible like they've got you know 20 plus years of experience in their industry you know they've got huge amounts of wisdom their brand is pretty half decent but i but they're just missing something it's like missing a, a piece of the jigsaw puzzle type of thing for me yeah what are some, what what would you say from your perspective if i if i was to say to you um you know what would be your five best tips to fine tune established brand to make it really kind of like you know wow that kind of like blows me away and, and, and you know because there are a lot of experts out there whether you're being consulting coaching whether you're in your accountancy whatever it might be but there are a lot of people out there what's your thoughts about that i mean like the, the tips that you want to go through and, and be able to look for them and i mean i've been blessed to be able to work with a lot of men and women i used to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies 20 years ago and now i can call them not only clients, but friends. Yeah. And, and, and with the same scenario, like first and foremost, don't forget your past to forge your future. So many people try to be able to go through and their, their brand is I'm the CEO of, I'm the founder of, and it's like, and that's all it says. And it's like, bro, were you born that way? You were born a CEO. That's awesome. Right? Like, <laughs> I wasn't like, I had to go through a lot of different steps, you know, like I was a server at Chili's 20 years ago. Guess what? That's on my LinkedIn. I want people to see my journey. I want to, I don't want to show them a resume. I want them to understand my career journey. I want to tell a story so they can have the alignment. And I mean, mm. first and foremost, that's the biggest thing that I want everyone to understand. Don't do that Two. So first one, don't forget your past to forge your future. Number two, you need to be able to go in and raw is better than overproduced. Real and raw is better than overproduced, right? Overproduced, we've been conditioned these days. If I see something that looks too overproduced, I'm going, where's the pitch? This is a commercial. This is what's going on. Unless you're a household name, you know, like Adam Strong here, you know, like I'm not a household name, right? Come on. So like I, if I do overproduce, we're like, oh, dude, what's, what's this guy pitching me, right? So real and raw, like I find so many experts going through. I'm like, can someone just follow them around? I just want something behind the scenes. I want, I want to see them just hanging out, right? People want to be that fly on the wall in their real life. And so that's that piece that we can't forget. Third, and you're pushing me here. I'm like, five. Okay, I got to get five. You know, um, and again, this is where I'm like, all right, Rachel, where you at? My brain and lady boss, I need you to come in and you know, <laughs> a better half, right? You know, but you know, those are two big ones. The third one, I think that I, we, we continue to be able to make sure of is clearing consistent content, right? Understanding your message. You can't just be able to have something that put out a, information occasionally and just to expect people to find you and be able to connect with you. It's mm -hmm. we're not in a world where 
you know, content is king anymore, right? Content's not king, quality is queen, right? We've all been there where we've had a night at Netflix and we're like, God, there's nothing to watch. No, that's, that's bullshit, right? Like where there's too much to watch, right? There's too much out there. So we have to be able to create content that's adding value, not just for the sheer fact, because I, um, again, I'm dropping in chat GPT, whatever to be, because like, I found that something that would create content for me. I can just put a whole bunch out and one might hit, right? So create that content that's clear and consistent and adds value to your audience. Mm, and then, you know, Adam, as, as we continue to be able to go down this path, I think a lot of people too, even with a consistent brand, they forget about the human beings behind the brand, right? I mean, we, we hear all these other things like the, the reason why everyone followed to a influencer, to a, to a leader being able to go through. And we have all those people. When was the last time you went out to be able to appreciate those people? Right. Um, I, I had the, the amazing opportunity to work with people like Dan Sullivan and other people that have been around for a long, long time. And the act of appreciating us, and we talked about this earlier, reaching out to say thank you. I, I, Adam, I still remember this one time, like um, Dan went out and he he said, you know, we had someone, we just appreciated them for liking one of his recent posts. And his response will stick with me to this day, right? He said, he got this message back and I, totally unexpected. He goes, Dan, thank you so much for saying that. You know, that taking an action like that I took for granted for so long gave me new hope. Um, today I'd planned on it being my last, but but you showed me to appreciate the things I was continuing to take for granted. Thank you. I will continue forward. And all yeah. we did was say thank you. If we're going to be a thought leader, Adam, if we're going to be a, a leader in general, right? If we're going to be whatever we're trying to be able to do to shift this world, we can't forget the people that put us in this place. It wasn't a hundred percent us. It's every single person that worked with us, that worked on our team, our social followings, all these people. So don't forget those people. Continue to be able to build those relationships with those advocates. Yep. Love that. Love that. Love that. And by the way, I'm going to add a bonus one for you guys that are listening in as well. Make sure that you utilize all of the LinkedIn uh, features as well, because there's so many great features that LinkedIn yeah. have just released, right? I mean, the scheduling one, you've got yeah. like LinkedIn newsletters, you've got audio events. I mean, if you guys want oh, to utilize there's so it, many man. things coming out. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I was, I was looking at the the team the other day and I know, you know, we had the audio events and you know, if you don't think that, you know, with Microsoft owning LinkedIn and, you know, now I don't know if you saw um, Microsoft Teams, right? So I don't know if you know this, Adam, or not, but a lot of um, what LinkedIn audio is built on is based on the, the Teams platform. So this is where we're seeing this kind of come through. And so this is where video will actually start. They'll be using, you know, of course, they bought Skype years ago, being able to go through all this is going to be incorporated back in where we'll actually won't have to use StreamYard to be able to do some of the things that we're doing. We'll actually do it live on LinkedIn. And so if you don't think Microsoft's, you know, again, $10 billion into chat GPT, AI, I mean, being able to go through, you don't think that's going to affect how we're actually using platforms like this, how that information is like, not only use all the features, fill your entire profile out. Don't miss a thing. SEO is high, high, high on LinkedIn. You want to be found everywhere, like on Google, put your information on LinkedIn because everything is highly optimized for SEO. And if we're going into a world of AI that's going to be searching, you're damn sure they're going to be looking at all the LinkedIn content as well too. Love it. Listen, guys, hope you've been enjoying some of our 
conversations and, and some of Josh's uh, value bombs. That he, I mean, he's dropped so many different value bombs. I mean, I would recommend actually, if you've been if you've been listening to this in the gym or in your car or whatever it is, you didn't have a pen and paper handy, go back, re-listen to this. Right? Honestly, there is just some diamonds and some gems from today's episode. So um, for you guys that are listening in, I hope that you've enjoyed today. Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Of course, Adam. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the conversation. Just, you know, two guys hanging out, sharing some, uh, sharing some words and an amazing, sometimes there's some, some gold in there, right? Absolutely. For you guys that have been uh, listening in, if you have enjoyed our conversations, please do me a favor. Please give us a one or a five-star review over on Apple or Spotify. Obviously, I would love a five-star review rather than a one-star review. Um, I will send my bodyguards around to your house if you do. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, but we, 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 we really value uh, great testimonials and reviews for the podcast. So we really greatly appreciate that. And, um, well, for me and Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully, you guys will see uh, – you'll be able to tune into the next Game Changers experience. Uh, but from uh, from me and Josh, have a great day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Cheers now. Bye, everyone.